Hello, and welcome back to the Dan Locke Photography Podcast with me, Dan Locke. This is episode 15. We've done 15 of these episodes already. Wow. Um, It is October, so it's a brand new month, 2021. A brand new month. It's a brand new week, which means it's time for a brand new podcast. Today, we're talking all things drones, drone related drones, aerial footage, uh, drone laws, the whole shebang. We're talking about it right now. Uh, Remember, this is the show where we like to educate beginner photographers and discuss certain topics and share stories about our journey in photography. Of course, if you'd like to get in touch with me, maybe to to discuss certain things that we talked about on today's show, or if you've got an idea for future shows, whatever, if you just want to get in touch, the email is info at danlock.co.uk. All right, remember, like I said, this is an educational show where we like to talk all things photography, from cameras to prints, from websites to social media, which those last two things are kind of in their own the same thing so but anyway in most episodes I'll have a special guest or two and uh, and sometimes I'll host a solo episode similar to what I'm doing today today is kind of like a solo episode but I have a special guest who has sent in some audio clips and uh, that's uh, Matt Waldock from the Isle of Wight and we're going to be playing those a little bit later on So no, let's get started. Let's get started with today's episode, which is drones. Wow, what a great topic. And what uh, I've had this on my sort of like to do list for quite a while in terms of podcast episode. I think it's a a topic that needs to be discussed. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times when I hear people talking about drones or, or whatever, they don't tend to talk about certain things like the laws and stuff like that so nonetheless we're gonna just dive in we're gonna dive right in so I got my I got my first drone which was a DJI Mavic Pro the first one I got that in probably 2018 or somewhere around then and it was the one with the circular camera on the front on the gimbal there and god I remember going to PC World and Curry's I don't know if I think it's just called Curry's now. But anyway, I went there and I got this drone on finance because it was so bloody expensive. £1,100 for this drone. And that wasn't like the fly more combo. This was just one battery, all right? And that battery lasted 20 minutes, all right? And it's probably even less because you've got to make sure you land it in time before the battery completely dies. So you had less than 20 minutes, really. Nonetheless... That was the first drone that I had. And before I had that, I was, you know, I I was watching a lot of YouTubers like, uh, you know, Mr. Steel, who we'll, I'm sure we'll bring up later. Um, <clears throat> and so I had there's so many other people that I was Casey Neistat was a huge influence where he would get those New York City drone time lapses and stuff. It was amazing to see. So that was my influences back in the day. And I was just so, I was such a nervous flyer when, when it, you know, the, for the first couple of flights, because, you know, you're very unsure and, uh, you know, they're, they're back in 2018, I don't think, I think it was even before, it might have been before 2018 actually, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 
And uh, obviously, there was the the drone laws weren't as um, in force as as they are um, in today's world. But um, yeah, I was just very nervous. I remember at every I reckon for the first ten flights, my ass was just clenched. <laughs> Uh, where I had to sit down and really concentrate with the controller whenever I was flying the drone I had to really 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 concentrate but I just remember my ass was just absolutely clenched up because I was just so like oh god oh god oh god please don't crash and please don't fly away in the wind and please all this that and the other and oh god looking back it's funny but but at the time it was like I was flying a little toy in the air that costs so much money for for me at the time well even now a thousand pounds is quite a lot of money and just to be flying that around and at any moment it could just fly off and crash and break and whatever and um yeah so that was why I was mainly nervous because it was a lot of money <laughs> and it was this whole thing was very very new to me um yeah I've got some uh, funny stories Chloe my partner my lovely apple of my eye beautiful beautiful girlfriend <laughs> Chloe hates the drone she absolutely despises the drone and she despised it back then and she despises it now nowadays I fly the DJI Air 2S which is something I've had for like a couple of months now um so I should explain there was a brief gap where I had the uh, DJI Mavic Pro, like I said, and I took it to, with us to Australia and Bali, uh, a few other places, like little trips, like I think I took it to Croatia. Oh, I can't remember, but um, I took it to a little, a few travel things and recorded for that. And then when I remember when we returned back home, I think I sold it because we needed the money because we spent all our money on travel. So I thought, you know what, this is quite a big deal. Like, let's sell this because I'm not going to use it for a little while. And uh, and lo and behold, I get right back into photography and I'm thinking, you know what I need? I need a flipping drone again. <laughs> so, and the Air 2S, I've done a lot of research with like what one to get. Because if you are a beginner listening to this, if you're a beginner and you're not sure what drone to get, it is definitely worth having a look on like the DJI website to compare not just like the capabilities but the specs well I suppose those are the same thing but yeah compare like have an idea of what you want to use the drone for I'd say and have a look at the specs and have a look at things like the fly more package is what we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah um for, for just so you can picture something in your mind's eye I had the mark the Mavic Pro and now I've got the Air 2S and we'll come back to that later but yeah Chloe hates drones she hates the noise she hates the attention and of course um you know for her when we went traveling it was all about going traveling and seeing new things and places and people and and being you know on sort of like vacation most of the time and you're just trying to enjoy yourself and and all of a sudden your partner wants to fly a really loud heli mini helicopter um around and everyone looks and it's just like oh god she just buries her hands in her head um uh, head in her hands and it's just I, I get where she's coming from I remember there we went to um 
There's an island you might be familiar with called Gili Troangan, I think it's called, or Gili T for short. And it's an island just off of Bali in Indonesia. And um, there's this specific strip of beach on this island where, you know, you can, there's a beautiful view of the sunset, right? And it's got those, like, you know, those uh, very Balinese swings. There was just one of those in the ocean. Um, And obviously it was, you know, this, this sort of, like, bar owned it. And, it, you know, they got uh, this spot where everybody everybody flocks to and watches the sunset. And we were there in position, and all of a sudden it just kept getting busier and busier. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fly the drone. <laughs> and uh, I, I did. And, uh, yeah, Chloe was just hating it because it was so loud. You know, just... Zzzz. So I had to make sure that it, I flew it, like, quite high up and away from everybody, so not to disturb everyone. Um, just just basic drone etiquette, I suppose. But, um, yeah, she hates it. And um, there, I remember an, an encounter at that that night when we watched the sunset is I was I was trying to do, like, a fly-by drone shot, like, a point... I had the camera pointing down at the beach where the water met the sand... And uh, as I was just, fi- I finish, I was just finishing the recording because I was doing a video record for the our travel vlogs, uh, which is called Exploration Day. Check that out on YouTube. Um, yeah, so, and there was this just random teenage rebellious girl just looks at the drone and just puts her middle finger up to it. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake. I mean, I get it. Um, there's certain uh, laws that, you know, you're not supposed to um, film people within a certain distance. I think it's 50 metres. We'll come to the... We'll come to sort of, like, drone laws later. Um, But, uh, yeah, I just thought, oh, God, it just ruined that whole clip. Well, not the whole clip, just ruined that last little bit. I was like, there's just no need, like... Do you know what I mean? So, but, yeah, I I can... I I know where she's coming from, Chloe, because, you know... There's the other part as well. It's like because drones are fairly new, still to this day, I think drones are quite new. Like you go anywhere, really, and you fly a drone, especially in the UK, like people are more likely to either avoid you or come up to you and have a go at you or say something or, you know, have something to say. And so I I, I get that she, Chloe was probably annoyed at, you know, or, or thinking like, oh, what if someone comes up to us and tells us off and stuff like that? So, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. And um, I do apologise, Chloe, for ruining <laughs> some of our, you know, quiet time and all that. But um, I needed to get the shot, right? I saw an opportunity and I needed to get a shot, you know, plus... At the time, there was other people using drones and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, talking about uh, sort of stories and stuff like that, I remember we, just recently, actually, we were at, on the Isle of Wight in a place called Colwell Bay, which is another great place to see the sunset. And I, I initially went out there because I wanted to get a few shots of the beach. There's a, a specific shot that I was after. It was like a, a, a drone shot photo of Chloe on the beach on her own like this big stretch of beach and I just wanted to get that shot of it making it look like there was someone on their own um and it just making making it look like the world was so so big it was it's it's on my Instagram check it out um at dan underscore lock you'll find it um, it's just like a beach shot. But anyway, nonetheless, the whole point of the story is that um, as I was packing the drone away, 
Um, this other guy had a drone, and I, I think he must have had the uh, Mini 2, I think, or something. It was a smaller one. And he, anyway, he packed his drone away, and uh, anyway, Chloe said, I think that guy's coming over to talk to you. And at that time, when I'm packing my, my drone away, I'm like, oh, this could go either two ways. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's people out there listening to this right now that have got drones and they, they've, you know, been out on the field and they're like, oh, God. And you know they're either coming over to complain or they're coming over to because they're actually interested. Luckily, this guy was actually interested because, you know, you always have that thing in your head. It's like, is this person going to come in and teach me how to chew eggs? Is this person going to try and, like, uh, throw loads of drone laws and or something at me? Or what is this guy going to do? Anyway, it turns out this guy was absolutely lovely. He was visiting the Isle of Wight. He was from Wales. He's just chatting to me about drones. And he was like, this. he's this swimmer and uh, and all the rest of it. And, yeah, he's... Uh, you know, he, he loved it. it. It turned out to be a really nice conversation. And but there's always just that thing, isn't there? <clears throat> there's always that thing about, you know, what's this person going to say? Oh, God, they're coming over. But speaking of Wales, I've got another little story. Um, me and my friend Alex, uh, we went. This is a, going back three years now. So where are we? 2001. So this was 2018 again. And we went to Wales to climb up this little, it's not technically a mountain, it's like a big massive hill. It's like, it's like a, it's a couple of metres away from being technically a mountain. And it's called Penny Fan. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Penny Fan. It's uh, in the Brecon Beacons in, uh, I believe, South Wales. And um, anyway, I took the drone, took the camera and everything. We, we, we know, we went out there like men <laughs> and did a stomp. And uh, beautiful weather, beautiful day. As we got closer to the top, it got very windy. Very windy. But I didn't know how windy until we got over this sort of like hill bit. When all of a sudden it was like the earth, it was like the wind just went up like 10 notches. Anyway, the I flew the drone, right? But I didn't realise that the higher the drone went, the stronger the wind was, you know, it was going to be fighting this wind. And uh, it, <laughs> all of my fears came true at once. It was like, signal lost. The drone was just flutz, like couldn't stabilise under that much wind pressure. And it would just it just kept floating away out of my sight. And, you know, you if you've been to Penny Fan, you know, the views are insane. But you've also got these flipping great big valleys and 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 rocks and things like that it's just like so much cliff edge and you're just like oh god anyway the drone did as expected ran out of battery because like i said it, it had less than 20 minutes uh battery time and it lost signal and uh, i lost sight of it all i had was on the screen on your phone that you're looking at is you have a map of like the flight sort of path and you can sort of see where your drone was last and I was sort of and but as well we didn't have much signal in the middle of nowhere on the top of some mountain so we were just like oh god and we saw this I had an idea of where it had sort of not crashed I hoped it hadn't crash landed but I think it sort of what it does is it slowly lowers itself to the ground wherever it loses battery anyway 
there's this flipping massive great big uh, valley hill slide thing huge 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 drop but also very very high vertical angle and uh, me and my friend Alex were <laughs> my goodness we were searching for this drone for about an hour and a half I could be it could be longer I can't remember but oh my god like when I was flying it my ass was butt clenched like this was after a you know I've had experience with the drone as well like, I'd been flying for a while that's why I took the drone out and I felt confident enough to fly it and get some shots of us climbing up Penny Fan. But um, my ass was clenching and with good uh, good reason because it, it, we bloody lost it. We didn't lose it. I eventually found it, right? I found it and it was like insane. Like I remember we had to go to toilet several times on that hill <laughs> whilst... Um, uh, whilst we were trying to find this drone, but um, we slipped up and I stumbled so many times just because it was so like, oh, it was, it was nearly, it was such an angle, huge, huge incline. And, uh, but yeah, eventually found it and my heart nearly exploded. It was uh, <laughs> insane. Speaking of butt clenching, um, a couple of weeks ago, me and Chloe went to The Needles here on the Isle of Wight, which is, as a lot of you know, the Needles is a probably one of the arguably the biggest land attraction landmark attraction here on the Isle of Wight. It's basically a bunch of rock, like white rock that's in the water, in like just coming away from the um the island on the west side, and there's a lighthouse at the very end. Your typical red, white lighthouse. And uh, it's a beautiful place, beautiful. Now I don't think you should fly your drone from the car park, which is over like a thousand meters away. That was my bad, right? Because the thing is, you've got to realize with the Isle of Wight at the um, on that side, you've got this car park where there's like a fun fair type, I don't know, what amusement park, I guess. And there's a big car park there. And on the left, you've got a sort of road that goes all the way to this, the end, which is like a battery at the end where you can sort of get a lot closer to the, the needles, this lighthouse thing, right? Just to picture it in your mind's eye, for those that are not familiar with the Isle of Wight. Anyway, on this road all the way to get closer to the, the needles, it, there's a sign that says, no cars. So it's like we couldn't drive all the way up. And, um, you know, this wasn't like, we didn't set out the day to be like, right, we're going here to take photos of the needles. It was just sort of like, spare the moment type thing so you know whilst we're here let's just fly the drone over and uh I, I would have got out and walked but that would have added a lot more time onto our trip our our, our journey but uh, and and the sun would have set by the time we'd uh, got there and back so anyway to cut a long story short I decided to fly the drone from the car park. It wasn't that busy. I wasn't going to draw attention to myself. Um, but my ass was clenched because you're flying a drone. I was flying a drone over over the water. And again, if you want to check out these photos, uh, go on to my Instagram and you'll scroll down to some of the drone shots of the, the needles. And it's you can see what the reason why I went over to take these photos. And there's I got, got some videos as well. But oh my God. Flying over that much water, and obviously you're surrounded by water and cliff edge. There's no, like, place to land or anything. And 
I remember because you're on the car park, which is quite high up, and then it goes down in terms of, you know, the sea level is like a couple of uh, hundred uh, metres or feet. I'm not sure. sure. Um, but, you know, it kept losing signal. And I was just getting terrified again. I was like, oh, God, I hope this doesn't lose signal. And, like, I, you know, because it wasn't coming up on the screen. It wasn't loading on the screen in time. And I was just, oh, no, no, no. Anyway... I had to just like almost I nearly got to the point where I was standing on the car but I decided not to um but it was just because there was so much cliff and it was different sea uh, you know different heights and stuff like that and I was just like it was so far away I mean the DJI Air 2S really really did an amazing job of you know considering the distance that it went and uh you know keeping that signal and you know, it was responding to all of the instructions I was giving it, even though sometimes I couldn't see a live feed of what was happening on the drone. I sort of just, I just sort of had to think, okay, if I fly up and then left, and then it'll be in this position. And it was, you know, and it it did really well. And I cannot fault DJI and, you know, for for that. They do an amazing job with these drones, hence why they're so successful. But yeah. I got the shots in the end and I decided, you know what, I, I would have, I wanted to linger a little bit more, but I just, the the fact that I was losing signal so much, I just had to take the shots that I could and then bring it back. I did not, when I do it again, I'm going to go a lot closer so that the signal is so much stronger, right? <laughs> That's the plan. But if I do, you know my ass is going to be clenched with that. But um, yeah, some of those shots I got were, top down shot so like a bird's eye view right where the camera is pointing directly downwards and those types of shots I'm really really loving at the moment I love so much about drone photography and drone videography but the ones that I really like at the moment are the top down ones where it's like you're really seeing your surroundings in a totally different way of course, my first love and passion is photography with the, you know, a normal handheld camera. Um, you know, I love capturing life and things that way. But having the ability to fr- put that, you know, same technology up on a, a little mini helicopter and flying it around at, you know, these amazing heights and uh, at different places you can capture some absolutely stunning photos so in, and like i said you can see it's like having google the ability to to fly like um <laughs> the google maps camera you know you can sort of go wherever you well i, I say wherever you go it, with an asterisk um but you can you know that you can capture some absolutely fantastic shots and uh, like I said, you can take it to places where, let's say you, you frequently go to a place to take photos and, you know, it's amazing and this and that and the other. But when you take a drone and you fly up like 100 metres above you, suddenly that area, you're seeing it in a totally new light, in a, t- a totally new way. And, you you know, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, like you look at the screen, like I didn't know there was like a, a pond there or I didn't know there was like, you know, you could see this from there. And and all of a sudden, this drone has now given you the ability to see past certain things and you're able to go and explore a lot more and know, you know, have a better idea of what's around the corner. And that is, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing technology that we have today. Um, but, you know, it's not all good. 
It's not all good. And uh, what I mean by that is, if you remember back in, I think it was between 19, the 19th and the 21st of December 2018, right? There were hundreds of flights cancelled at Gatwick Airport. Ring any bells? Gatwick in London. Um, following reports of drone sightings close to the runway with 140,000 passengers and 1,000 flights affected, right? It was the biggest disruption at Gatwick since the closure following the 2010 volcano eruption from Iceland. And uh, there was basically what happened was these two people, I think it was two people, idiots, flying drone, a drone or multiple drones, I'm not sure on that, and it was all that was in the news, really, and they were flying these drones around Gatwick, and it affected, like, thousands. Oh, and it was just... So, it's given given drone pilots a bad name, and it's <laughs> it's the same with everything, isn't it? You've got to sort of just say, look, we're not all like that. <laughs> we're not all like that, but it's just such a shame that people have to have to do things like that and just break the law and... It's tough. It really is. But since then, um, I think, I believe that, you know, the government have stepped up their, you know, drone laws. They're much more, like, restrictive nowadays, which is kind of good and bad. Let me explain. It's good because people now have to take certain tests and have their drones registered. They need to be registered and uh, there's certain things that you need. I know that in different countries, this is in, uh, interesting, in different countries there are different restrictions. Um, I remember we were going to Australia, didn't have a problem when I was flying. I mean, when we were in Australia, I still just flew the drone when we were in quiet places where, you know, there was no one else really about. There wasn't any, re- uh, what do you call it? There's no residential areas that I was flying over. I wasn't doing it in major cities. Like I, I, The only place I took the drone up in a city was Brisbane. because And that was only because it was at night time. It was a beautiful cityscape. And I was in a park with... And there was a few other drone pilots there. So I was like, you know what? I feel safe enough to just fly the drone, just to get a couple of photos, and that's it. But other than that, the whole Bali, the whole Australia trip, we were only flying the drone sort of like really respectably, respectively, and we weren't going overboard with it. Um, it was, like I say, it was <laughs> a lot of it was just when we are out in the open. And uh, remember, Chloe hates drones, so... <laughs> Uh, put a bit of a restriction on that so but anyway nonetheless I think the having more restrictions is a good and bad thing like I said um it's good because obviously you have you can't just be any old idiot now and fly a drone and break laws you need to have um qualifications and stuff like that which I think is really really good the bad thing is you have to have qualifications and all that. It's like you have to do these extra steps and all these extra things to cover yourself. I think you have to pay about £9 per year, which isn't that expensive, really, is it? 
um, but just to have red be registered and all that. Like I said, the bad thing is, is every now and then, because you have those restrictions in place, if you are out and about and someone stops you or someone comes over, if you're flying regularly, you might get it a lot, but someone comes over, you have to sort of explain yourself, which can be sort of like boring and sort of like just like oh come on mate like I'm, i know i'm doing just leave me alone like my, my, especially when your your drone is in the air and you, time is precious because your battery time you really want to get the most out of your your flight and uh especially if you've only got one battery um so yeah i think uh, it's good and bad it's good and bad now i mentioned mr steel earlier on so he is an fpv uh, drone flyer so that basically means first person view now fpv is uh sort of like very different to you know the sort of drones that we see in 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 the shops now well although i think there are some companies that like dji that are bringing out their own sort of version of the fpv which is basically like you have like goggle like um uh, virtual uh, reality goggles on and there's like a signal that's been sent from the drone to the goggles so in real time it feels like you're the drone flying around which i get I, i've never tried it myself but i've always loved watching those videos of you know the the drones that can move very acrobatically um so if you are unfamiliar with fpv or even if you are check out mr steel S-T-E-E-L-E on YouTube. He's great and it's very cool to watch. Sometimes you get dizzy, but his drone flying skills are awesome. And like I said, they're very inspiring for me early on to get into drones. Um, or quadcopters, as they can, can be called. Um, but talking of like restrictions and, and laws and stuff like that, whenever I have bought a drone, I've you know they normally stick in like a leaflet of like little rules like essential rules like don't fly over residential areas and don't fly such and such meters away from this and that and and always have your drone in sight and this that and the other so they you know they they always have these little um leaflets but now you need uh, something called a CAA license. Now, I'm l currently looking into this right now because obviously I want to have my ass covered. And the more I sort of learn and educate myself on the laws of drone flying, I think it's very, very vital and important that you cover yourself. You cover your ass, like have your drone registered and do whatever um, tests necessary for the type of flying that you do so for example i believe that's what i'm doing at the moment i'm i'm because uh, there's two ways i believe there's two paths i could take so if i'm flying my drone for personal use if it's just you know uh what's the word recreational um if i'm just doing it for my own <laughs> for myself then i think i'll need like a certain license where which you know you do a test i think it takes about 15 minutes long or if i'm flying a drone for commercial use and i'm getting paid for doing this then i think i'll need a uh, a different license that will take hours and hours sometimes days perhaps if it's all online but um i believe there's two different types and maybe these uh these licenses cost money so right now i'm in the throes of, of of figuring out what it is that i need to do 
in order to use my drone and have myself fully covered. So, yeah, there's that. And also I found out in Canada that you need... It's like you almost need to be an actual pilot because I don't know if you've been... If you follow Peter McKinnon, everybody's heard of Peter McKinnon, surely, a YouTuber in Canada. And um, he did a video where he was saying, like, he can no longer fly these drones because um doesn't have this sort of license that you need and he the way he was describing it was like it's almost like you need to be an actual pilot to fly a drone and he's got this friend i cannot remember remember his name and he flies the drone for him and he he does all of his drone footage because this guy's got like the proper thing i think you need to be like wearing a high vis you need to have i remember set him saying like you need to um, you need to have a radio that you can talk to like the local um, airport tower or some some weird thing like that. I, I might be misremembering uh, that. But uh, yeah, I know that the laws in Canada are very, very tough. Very tough. But, you know, the thing is, right, is that I'm not sure. They may have changed the packaging or not or whatever, but... When I bought my DJI Mavic Pro and the Air 2S, there was no, like, leaflet or there was no sort of, like, thing saying, you must register your drone and you need to have this license and this. Because, and that's the thing. I think going forward, for especially for beginners, I think drone pilots, especially beginners, need to be told you know what they need to do because most people will get a drone and he's like oh it's a brand new toy i'm gonna fly it straight away but the most important thing is to educate yourself it really is make sure you educate yourself first on what it is that you need to be able to fly it legally and just to have like i said have your ass covered um i mentioned the air 2s it's the drone that i'm flying right now i absolutely love it the capabilities have changed slightly the the gimbal is so so much smoother i love my my things that i've noticed comparing it back to when i use the mavic pro is that you've got this cine mode i think that's hopefully i've got it right it's short for cine cinema cinema mode anyway this is the mode where you you're you know you no longer need to go into the drone settings and change the speed of things you can just have different settings so you've got like normal cine cine and sport um now it <laughs> this is what um uh, a lot of people don't know is that when you're in sport mode on a dji drone you are basically turning off the sensors on the drone which means and this is the te- the technology in drones is something that i'm absolutely in love with the technology and the, the you know because the software is so important but um on the drone most drones now the especially the sort of you know the ones that are above five well i don't i don't even know that most drones i believe have sensors on them Correct me if I'm wrong, please email me if I'm wrong. Get in touch. But a lot of drones have sensors on the top, maybe not the top, but the sides definitely and the bottom definitely. And that stops the drone from crashing into things like trees and buildings and lampposts and stuff. Um, and I think that's that function is so, so good. Because I remember seeing a video when drones first came out and it was someone had the follow me sort of active track 
um, function that you can get on the drone and it, you can select yourself and uh, or someone and it actively tracks that person keeping the, the subject in the center of the frame at all times. And I remember seeing a video and the drone sort of sensed a tree coming and went around it. And I just thought, oh my God, here's my wallet <laughs> or here's a blank check, write whatever n number you want on it, give me one. And uh, I just thought that was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So if you're in sport mode, I believe it cancels out the sensors, meaning, yes, the drone will fly a lot faster, which can be dangerous, and the sensors turn off, meaning that it can just crash at any point. Um, I think you need to know exactly what you're doing with a drone and feel absolutely confident if you've got to put it in sport mode. Um, but, uh, yeah, cinema, cinema, cinema mode is very, very cool, especially when doing video and you need that stabilization and that, like, like it is the cinema look. You want to make things look like they're really smooth and aerial and, and just dreamy looking, you know? But normal's great. Normal's great. Normal is what I use mostly for photography. That's, that's the main thing why I got the drone again was to use it for photography, taking these epic landscape shots. Epic. But talking of uh, technology, um, like I said, I'm re I really love it. I, I, I love the fact... This might be an unpopular opinion, but I love it, right, when it flashes up on the screen like no-fly zone because of, like, there's an airport nearby or an air airfield or a strip or... A the flight path is above you. I remember taking the drone. Uh, yes, we were in Australia and we were in a place called Townsville. And I wanted to, we were climbed up this massive, great big hill. And I was like, you know what? I want to get a, a photo of us at the top of this mountain and maybe like an aerial shot for the vlog going around this huge mountain with this epic view in the background. But as I took it out the, the bag, it was like, nope, no fly zone which is like this message that comes up on the screen and it just, it won't allow the drone to take off. And I was like, I was a bit bummed at the time, but I had, because I was a, a tourist basically there, we were tourists in that, that town, I had no idea that there was an air, airfield nearby. I had no clue, you couldn't see it. I didn't have any clue, but lo and behold, you look on the maps and it was there. And that's the great thing about that, the drone saying that, the, the technology just saying, nope. And they point it out for you on a map. It's like, there's the flight zone and they show, they can show you the flight path. It's brilliant. And because um, it's so important, you know, you do not want to be responsible for, you know, oh, I don't even want to think about what um, can happen if you if, if a drone collided with a plane. I, I'm pretty sure it's probably happened before in the past, which is so horrible to think about. But um, that is a, sort of like a reason why I love the technology, the fact that it, it, can, it knows where the airports are from GPS and it will just say no, because that stops the idiots, like we've seen in the past, fly drones near airports which is such a shame but i i love the fact that they've uh, you know they've they've made it stricter in that sense you know i really do uh technology though uh again if you're a, if you're a beginner photographer and you're thinking about buying a drone like i said at the beginning like have a little look at what think about what you want to use the drone for is it photography is it video 
you know, are you doing it just because it's a toy and you like flying it around? Like, there's a park nearby which allows, that openly allows drone uh, flights to, you know, go on there. There's even a sign that says something like, I don't know, no no drones past this point or something like that. But, um, you know, we're off, often walking holiday, our dog, over at this uh, this park and these two guys come out with their huge huge drones like the DJI Phantom 4s and and Phantom 3 you remember those big white things with the big pelican cases and uh, the yeah, these two guys turn up and they but the thing is i'm not sure what what they're cuz they're there a lot and i think they i don't know because they they don't really tend to look at their controller they don't look at the screen and and look at what the drone is looking at they they're all, always looking at the drones like and I, they're just sort of flying them around aimlessly i guess uh, maybe that's just me being naive and stupid but they just sort of fly them a bit and then bring them down just looking at it like it's the same sort of thing as flying uh just using a an rc an rc car you know you can't you know <laughs> it's not like a drone it's not taking photos unless you slap a gopro on it but you know you you drive a car and you need to look at the car don't you an rc car and that's what these guys are doing they were just looking at the drones flying the drone and i'm like mate you've got a screen right there you can can you not fly it through the screen like that would make much more sense but nonetheless folks different folks different strokes that sort of thing but uh <laughs> yeah it's just that's the other point i was gonna bring up is uh we were we we're in australia and uh we're at this place called wallaman falls in north queensland it's huge huge waterfall it's like the it's the biggest water it's the biggest single uh single flowing uh, waterfall in Australia and uh, we were at the top looking at this thing and I was like oh wow this is amazing had the drone in the uh, in the camper and um, there was these bunch of like bunch of uh, I don't know Europeans I guess I don't want to take the I don't want to sound up you know I don't want to miss I don't know what the technical term is now for European I guess I can say Europeans bunch of people from Europe <laughs> and uh younger guys and uh and they had a drone as well and i was just like they started flying it and uh you think i'd be like oh cool man like what's your but at the time i was like oh you fuck you <laughs> look at that look at that chloe like what who do they think they are bloody flying that like oh god look at them i don't know whether it was just because you know i was like jealous I had no reason to be jealous because I had the drone in the camper, but I just had that sort of like thing of like, oh, I th I th I think I put it down to being, if I've got a drone and I'm on location shooting, I want to be the only person with a drone, all right, getting those shots because what fascinates me and what drives me is being the only person. I know it sounds sounds really selfish. I love being the person the only person to capture these shots that are so unique because there's no one that can be in the air taking a photo of this. And I hate it when there is people with drones taking those shots where I am because it's, I don't know what it, maybe it is that, that I'm just like, I, I prefer it if, 
it was just me and i maybe it's just me being just so big big headed to big headed and just an awful person really i don't know can you relate let me know if i'm if i'm not alone on this let me know if i'm not alone i just i prefer it if i was the only one you know that's what drives me i love it that you know oh yeah i've i've got i've got the drone and this cost me so much money and oh someone else has got the same idea <laughs> someone someone else has almost pretty much beaten me to it brilliant and that it often happens it often happens um where you know we're on we're at a, we're somewhere taking photos and there's someone else with a drone i'm like oh you bloody bastard <laughs> i don't know what it is um i'm sure they're you know the lovely people i don't know it's just my own issue it's my own issue is that i when unless they're my friend <laughs> but if it's a complete stranger with a drone i just turn into the the grinch basically i just turn into bloody <sighs> the Grinch. Anyway, let's move on. I've come up with a small list of pros and cons, right, of of owning a drone and flying a drone, right? There's loads of pros. The pros are that you see the world differently. You capture images of landscapes that you thought you never could. I've already said that, right? The onboard technology to stop you flying on, like I said, in a, in a flight path or around a, a near an airport, amazing. I love that technology. That is a pro. The pro the the combo packs that allow you to fly longer, that is something that I've got now. So, with the Mavic Pro, when I first got the drone, I I could not spend any more money on the drone. So I only had the one battery, which was a mistake in my eyes because. You know, it's just not enough time, especially when you're on location, new location, and you're traveling. You need the thing is, we were in a camper van, and uh, the only time we had um, electricity is when we were in a campsite hooked up to electric. And sometimes we had to wild camp on the side of a road in our camper. And, uh, you know, we <laughs> so when we were driving, we had the in car battery, you know, the cigarette lighter thing. I bought one of those that could um, charge the drone battery, but it just took so long. But now I've got the Air 2S. I have the f the Fly More Combo Pack, which gives you three batteries in total, and you can charge them all at once. And they, the batteries, the battery life for the Air 2S is about 30-something minutes, 30 minutes, I, I'm guessing around that area, which is perfect, amazing. So if you think about flying a drone now... Now I've got the Air 2S, three batteries. I can fly for about an hour and a half. I mean, I've never had that instant, that, that I've never needed to so far, but having that ability is very, very appealing. Because if you're, like say, if you're going out on for a day out and you go to one location, you think, oh, I'm going to fly the drone for a bit. You use battery one. <laughs> label your batteries, by the way. Little tip, label your batteries. I fly with battery one. And I, you know, fly it for about 20 minutes. We go to another location and down the road. Oh, I want to fly the drone again. Oh, take another battery out. Fly that for half an hour. Boom, done. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, you know what? I should I really want to use. Oh, I can. I can use the drone. Put the extra battery in. You've got another half an hour. And I think I've done that before, but I've never used all three at once, like as in one after the other. 
So very, very handy. If you have got the money to do that, I strongly recommend doing it. I really do. Because also, depending on the bundle, depending on the company, the, the brand, the one that I got, the Air 2S, it came with um, a little case full of ND filters, which I'm going through and testing out the, the um, differences as we speak. Like, So that's really cool. Definitely definitely recommend the Flymore pack if you've got the money to. Now, there's so many other pros. Like you can if you especially if you want to make money from from flying your drone. If you want to if you're into photography and you want to add this to your arsenal of work, it's amazing. If you're selling prints, how amazing is it that you can now sell uh drone prints, aerial foot aerial shots. Amazing. That's what I'm doing. So I'm selling my prints, which uh, brings us to today's sponsor. It's me. <laughs> Check out danlock.co.uk right now for your chance to have a little uh, purchase of some of my prints, which I have available on my web store right now. I've got shots, mostly landscapes from around the globe. Australia, Bali, Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. Scotland, Isle of Skye. Got some fantastic shots, if I don't say so myself. And they are all available now in all the A sizes. I've got A4, A3, A2 and A1. Humongous. All those are printed on this luster, photo photographic luster, um, matte finish paper fujifilm paper which is very high quality and um i can yeah there is there i don't want to blow my own horn but I, I they're so fucking good in terms of the quality of paper as well it's just amazing i worked really hard on the website so this is sort of like a cheeky advert because this video is not sponsored um and i'd really appreciate if you just just head over to my website have a little look around. You don't have to buy anything, of course. But um, just remember, I am sat in a 2002 Nissan Micra. So, uh, you know, every little helps to get me on the road to being a, a professional photographer and uh, in my own little studio. So that's today's sponsor, danlock.co.uk. <laughs> the uh, Back to the show, the pros of... Uh, drones, um, sorry, the cons, like I said at the very beginning, so expensive at the moment anyway, with good reason. I mean, we don't want any old Muppet to get hold of this this uh, ability to fly things around. You know, they're very expensive, very expensive. Like, uh, I think I'm definitely the one I've got now is over a thousand pounds. I was debating getting, I think it's the the DJI Mini 2, uh, because um, this is the thing as well, is I, uh, I believe you do not need a license to fly a drone that is less than 249 or 250 grams. And I believe the DJI Mini are the the whole point of them is so that they're you know they're very light so that they can fly under that <laughs> radar uh pun intended they can fly under the radar of you know having to have a, a license so there's another little tip 
But I do recommend you get a license whether your drone needs it or not. I just really think it's good to educate yourself. Um, the other con is so many restrictions, which, like I said before, is 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 a good thing. So that can be on the on the on the fence really. The fact that there's so many restrictions, I can't speak for traveling because it's been such a while that we've traveled like the, with the pandemic. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to get much hassle at the airport. I know that I can tell you that when I did travel with the drone, I had a little lithium protection pouch for my battery to go in when I had the Mavic Pro. So, you know, there was no, I didn't leave the batteries in the drone. I had a protective case specifically for traveling on airplanes. So if you are planning on traveling with your drone, just check the laws in that country first because it might turn out that you're not even allowed to take it. And two, um, invest in a small little pouch which protects lithium batteries. Uh, that would be my little tip. Um, the other cons are that they're very noisy, especially if you're trying to be inconspicuous. If you're trying to like maybe capture wildlife, good luck because it will scare anything away. Um, interestingly... Um, if you uh, watch Clarkson's Farm, uh, I believe that's on Netflix, um, he actually uses a drone to herd sheep, which I thought was quite fun to see. So if you haven't seen that already, I think it's like episode one or two where he's got sheep and he uses a drone to herd them and he sort of makes this, the drone, I think it's got a speaker, but it allow, it's, uh, it, it projects like a barking noise to s- simulate a dog. Um yeah, those are the cons. So, you know, not crazy. And uh, if you think there's any sort of other things that you think I've forgotten to add to the list of pros and cons, please do email me. Uh, just if you want to have a say about drones, it's info at danlock.co.uk. Or you can send a message to me at dan underscore lock. Find me on Instagram. So before we get on to our... I'm going to play some, before I play some audio clips from Matt, I just wanted to go over these uh, 10 things you need to know about flying drones. Now, I pulled this from the UK website, the gov.uk website. If you're listening to this, you're in a different country, it's definitely, definitely worth having a look at what your government guidelines are with drone flying. But I can tell you now for the UK, this is available on their website gov.uk these are the 10 things that they say you need to know about flying drones okay most of it is like general knowledge but you know okay number one drones can and do present a very real hazard to manned aircrafts pilots including military pilots have reported over 50 near misses with drones last year alone number two Drones, including model aircraft, are subject to the law through the air navigation order. Number three, it is your responsibility to fly safely and within the law. If you don't, and individuals have been, you could be prosecuted. Wow. Number four, never fly a drone near an airport, airfield or close to aircraft. It is a criminal offence to endanger the safety of aircraft in flight. Number five, 
keep your drone in sight and below 400 feet. Number six, do not fly over congested areas and never fly within 50 meters of a person, vehicle or building not under your control. Number seven, if you wish to use a drone for commercial purposes, meaning getting paid, then you need to have permission from the CAA. Number eight, ensure any images obtained do not break privacy laws. Number nine, if your unit wishes to buy a commercially available drone for defence activities, photographs, multimedia and surveys at height, it becomes regulated by the MAA and must follow their rules. And finally, follow the drone code and have fun and fly safe. So those are the 10 things on the gov.uk website that they say that you need to learn, you need to know. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on to our next segment in today's show where we're going to be playing some audio clips from a guy called Matt. and uh, He's from the Isle of Wight. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to play some clips for you now. He's going to tell us about himself and uh, what he does for a living. Hello, my name is Matt Waldock. Um, I'm a graphic designer here on the Isle of Wight. been doing marketing and graphics for events um, and, and, and local businesses for about 13 years now. Um, worked for various companies. Um, I now work for a lovely firm um, looking after them marketing as part of a good marketing team so i do have some questions here for matt and uh we'll start off with what got you into drones so i've been flying the spark for for a couple of years and i kind of i started following lots of drone pilots on instagram and things like that um follow lots of youtube videos and i discovered this thing called fpv which was it was like taking what you're already producing and seeing on screen but putting it on your face so you're almost flying like a bird um, so I got I got really excited by that, and um, I actually got into I actually started building my own drones. Um, found a, a chap on the island that had moved from the mainland down uh, as kind of a bit of a mentor, really, um, and started building my own drones. Um, kind of flying at high speeds, um, running a GoPro Hero Seven at the time, um, with a bit of HyperSmooth. Started really getting some trying to get some really nice dynamic shots of the Isle of Wight, um, moving fast and and flying around but i never really um never really got into the freestyle side of it like my um like my peers did um and i and I, I found myself doing more like really fast passes over landscapes um so so that's kind of what got me back into um actual drone photography um because i wasn't i was i wasn't i was getting getting the shots i wanted but um i, I just realized that i wanted to kind of slow it down i'd kind of done a full circle almost um, so I started, um, I got hold of the, uh, the Mini 2, the DJI Mini 2, um, what a great, and that was such, you know, what a great drone, um, you know, small, light, um, you get less people ask questions and nobody really knows it's there, so you can kind of get in and out of places quite quicker, yeah, quite quickly, unlike the, um, FPV stuff where, um, you know, you know it's coming, they're, they're very, very loud. What drone do you have, and do you use photo or video or both? So I've been been in drones for about five or six years now. 
um, just like like the idea of being able to get a bird's eye view of your surroundings and um, using that to your advantage really. Um, so my first drone was a DJI Spark, um, not the best camera as we all know, um, it was only a 1080p, um, but it was it was a fun little drone and it was quiet as well and um, it, it, you know it was quite early days um, but I didn't I didn't really do much drone photography with it, it was more ab about doing some small video stuff, passing over things, um, top down passes and, and reveals really, um, but I never really got into drone photography until until recently. My uh, next question is, do you have any horror stories whilst using your drone? For example, like losing connection, like I mentioned earlier, or crashing it into a tree or something. Let's be clear, I haven't crashed a drone into a tree, I'm just using it as an example. I remember actually, it was quite funny, one of my first trips out with the, uh, with the Spark at the time. Um, so I was, I was up at um, Beretta Tour in, um, down in Devon. And I remember uh, trying to get this really lovely, um, like, pass shot, and then this this kind of rotation orbit almost around um, Beretta Tor around the church. And um, I was kind of had a bit of an audience by now, and I was getting a little bit, you know, it was one of my first flights. And I got I got halfway round, and then I lost complete signal, real amateur mistake, um, and that was it. And uh, the the spark the spark for what I'd known has got had gone, um, everything blacked out, um, and, and I didn't. And then the next minute I knew, luckily, um, it, it's returned to home function, popped into play, and it um, it came down, and landed next to me. I had a bit of a shake, um, and everyone was kind of stood around me, kind of like, and I just had to pretend that I knew it was um, you know that was always meant to happen. <laughs> And lastly, um, what tips do you have for beginner drone users? So what would I say to new beginner drone pilots? Um, I would say really it doesn't matter what drone you have. Just make sure that you, you really educate yourself with the rules. Um, you get challenged so often um, when you're out flying. And it's always good just to have that kind of that ammo, you know, that, that knowledge. Um, a lot of people kind of back down when you explain to them that what you're doing, you know, isn't against the law, and um, and as long as you're flying within the rules, you're you're perfectly fine. Um, so I found, um, obviously, you register your drone when you first pick it up, and although I had the Mini Two, I decided to take on um, UAV Hub's um, A2 CFC course, um, just just to kind of educate myself further, um, help to educate others as well when they when they talk to you. Um, and I was really, really excited about doing the course. It kind of gave me a bit of a focus. Um, it was quite nice actually to be uh, doing a bit of studying again. Um, so I did it in, did it in about four days, I think it was, um, online, which is all online course, which is really good. And took the exam. I passed it with a hundred percent. So I was really, really proud of myself. It's the first thing I've passed for, uh, for a number of years since um, university days. But um, no, that's what I recommend any drone pilot really doing is really just just kind of it's not about just picking up the first toy you can find or your first your first drone and getting in the air it's it's, it's educating yourself to make sure that you're safe you keep yourself safe um, and you keep everyone else safe as well and uh, and I think you know I'm a big advocate for following the rules with drones because we've only got them because of those rules um, and if and if we um, if we if we stray away from them we do run the risk of losing them um, so yeah, it's 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 been great to have the regulations come in, and um, I think I think that that's that's the the main the, the main you know um, guidance I give really.
I would say that the uh, DJI Mini 2 actually is probably the, the best entry-level kind of consumer drone on the market at the moment, um, especially with the regulations and things that are co- you know have come into force recently. Um, it's quiet, it, it can get in and out of places, it fits in your bag. So now instead of like with the FPV stuff, I was packing it all up, charging it all night, had a massive bag, um, I'd have five or six drones in there uh, actually at one time. Um, and, and quite a few batteries but the Mini 2 you could just sling over your shoulder um, and just take it wherever you go in fact I you know, pretty much take it out whenever I leave the house because um, you never know what, what you're going to capture um, I remember this great shot actually I was um, on holiday and I just popped into Bath for the day um, and they were, actually, they were launching um, hot air balloons and um, I, th- I went over to the guy Bailey's balloons and I said to him oh is it right if I pop the drone up and I I wouldn't have had a, a drone normally but I just was carrying the Mini 2 um, he said to me yeah feel free feel free but you know kind of stay away f- stay away and, and you know as long as you abide by the rules that's fine um, and, and yeah I popped it up and I got I got a, what I thought to be quite a, a great shot um, which I, I popped on the Instagram um, and got really good results and really good um, feedback from it and that was probably one of my f- first first um experiences of a drone photography actually from from way back from when I picked up the spark so so it's been really refreshing to get back into actually um, and I'm starting to see some really nice results so it's and it's quite exciting so I've been on Instagram only for a couple of months really um, kind of a bit new to it um, it was really about just kind of following other people and getting some inspiration but I've been I quite enjoyed putting my own content on there and um, I think people have yeah from what I've seen people have enjoyed seeing it um, but yeah it's early days and my Instagram is matt.flies, um, this uh, original name. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to, uh, to, yeah, to develop it further. Um, and uh, I just want to thank Dan Locke for, for having me on the podcast. Um, it's been good fun. Um, it's been great taking part. And um, yeah, happy flying. There we go. So thank you so much, Matt, for uh, sending those audio clips. And I hope some people got some value from that. I've also got another guest on the show who's going to send in some audio clips. This guy is again from the Isle of Wight. So, okay, introduce yourself and uh, what do you do for a living? Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Guy. I'm an amateur photographer at weekends and an engineer uh, during the week. And what got you into drones? Um, how do I get into into drones? Um, first time, it was actually in 2013 when I was at university. Um, I started building them, um, big, chunky things. Uh, yeah, at one point, uh, I actually built a, uh, a drone that was approximately 65 centimeters in diameter, um, primarily for, for uh, amateur filmmakers or, or filmmaking students to, to rent out. They used to put their cinema cameras on it. Um, and I used to fly them around or they, I'd show them how to fly them around uh, for that application. This is when drones are only just starting. You had um, DJI Phantoms out in the market. Uh, people were fairly familiar, but they were still uh, not a common sight on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely my first, um, the first time getting into drones. Uh, after that, in, what, 2017, 2018, when the first DJI Mavic came out, that was mind-boggling. That was when I was just impressed how you could get such a small piece of kit with such an incredible image quality. 
um, and such such ease of flying. I mean, this is even when I was building my own drones. You know, they they weren't easy to fly. They didn't have um, all of the sensors that drones have today to make it super easy to fly. What drone do you have, and do you use photo or video or both? Um, and then actually, the the first time I bought a, a commercial drone uh, was actually when I went to Iceland. Um, and I just wanted to have some awesome visuals for, for a small like family vlog. Um, and so I decided to buy a, a Mavic Air. So that's, uh, that's the drone that I have today. Yep, it's a, an original Mavic Air. Uh, and I use it for both video um, and, and videos. But actually, I used, I've been using it more for photos recently and, and less for video, but I've used video more in the past. Same question again. Do you have any horror stories that you'd like to share with us, like losing connection and you, your butt clenches or, or you cr crashed into a building or something? So what horror stories do I have? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I've crashed into trees. <laughs> I, I have... Uh, uh, my drone does not have uh, side uh, obstacle detection, <laughs> uh, so I have crashed into trees going sideways. Um, I've also turned the obstacle detection off for certain reasons, sometimes for fancy shots and things like that. And uh, that, that's, uh, that's a bad idea at times as well. So I once did a shot um, where I was uh, taking off. I actually put the propeller guards on for the first time for that shot. I was actually taking... Uh, sorry, I was actually just going sideways uh, straight from the side of a window. Uh, so obviously I didn't want uh, the drone to, to stop freaking out, start freaking out when it uh, saw the window. Um, and I didn't see it and I crashed straight into a tree. <laughs> so that was that was pretty bad. Um, I've also almost landed in a river actually in Iceland. Uh, I took off from my hand on a bridge. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't really consider it a bridge. It was more like a couple of two by fours um, improvised on, on a little stream. And uh, the drone ran out of battery and the, the setting I had it set to was to, to land automatically and I was still over the stream. Uh, although I think if I had set it to, to land to home, it would still have tried to land in the water. So I had to quickly run, as you've seen some uh, video before in the past, I'm sure, to, to try and get there and, uh, and catch it in time. Um, that was okay. That was all okay. Um, I think recently, actually, they've changed the software so that you can you can cancel auto landing uh, directly, which is very, very useful. Um, I think there, there's a big lesson there when, when flying over water uh, using the return to home rather than the uh, land straight away. Uh, that, that, would have, that, that would have certainly um, helped in those situations. And lastly, what tips do you have for beginner drone users out there? I think there's actually a couple of things that you can do to, to improve your drone game, let's just call it. Um, I think make use, making use of auto features is, is a really good way to start. It, it, allows you to, it allows you to feel more confident about flying your drone. And so it allows you to know that your how your drone works and, and how it moves around um, whilst it's flying automatically, basically. Um, and I think everyone gets that slightly nerve-wracking feeling when they fly a drone for the first time. Um, probably a bit like driving a car for the first time, although I can't remember that. Um, 
so yeah, the, the, I think think that's probably a big one. Um, I think I'd also suggest finding yourself a big field and then just practice, practice, practice. Um, for video, I would try and practice your moves. You know, nice if you're doing cinematic sh- uh, shots, nice and slow. If um, you're wanting to get into FPV, then try and do some cool shots and prepare to crash for sure. <laughs> Um, for photos, I think look for really cool perspectives, things, uh, you know, identify what you actually want to photograph um, and try and see it from a different perspective that you wouldn't have from the ground. I think some of the most incredible photos taken from drones are where you think, wow, I couldn't have actually seen that from the ground. Um, I think some people also practice on a simulator or, or, or on a cheap drone. I think that could be quite useful as well. Um I would also suggest you plan your shots to make most use of battery uh, and your environment. I think that's quite a big one. So, you know, if you know that the sunset is in 15 minutes, um, then try and plan your shots so that you can make the most of those 15 minutes because those 15 minutes are go very, very quickly when you're flying around. Um, and I think the final tip I would say is just make sure you're actually following the rules um, I've heard of a lot of, I've got friends who have been approached by uh, police officers um, and have either had their drones confiscated or got a warning um, for, for not following the rules, although that was a couple of years ago. Today in, in the UK, um, the, the rules are provided by the Civil Aviation Authority, the CAA, um, and you can find out what those rules are at caa.co.uk slash drones. Um, I think one thing people don't know is that uh, you need to register your drone. You you need to actually. It's illegal to fly without registering and passing a theory test in the UK. Um, I think if it's if your drone is over two hundred and fifty grams, or if it's in one of the newer categories, they've got these new categories that they've agreed with the European Union. Um, so yeah, do do make sure you get your drone license. It, it costs a, a tiny. It's like I can't remember like five quid or ten quid or something like that. It's not a lot. Um, and it allows you to fly in the UK and, and, and in Europe. Um, and everyone else who's just flying everywhere else in the world is listening to the podcast, you know, check your local laws. I think that's really important. You don't want to get yourself into trouble. Awesome. And uh, where can people find you? Um, where can people find my Instagram? Yeah, just uh, find me on Instagram uh, at Genius, G-U-I-N-I-U-S. Um, and uh, Dan could uh, link the uh, video I took from Iceland. That was a fun experience. Um, in Iceland, for the first time I was actually flying a, um, a Mavic Air, I first time I flew was actually through the snow, which was um, quite incredible, um, but also slightly nerve-wracking because it had just started snowing and the wind started picking up as soon as I took off. Uh, so that was quite scary, but the visuals were just totally worth it. Um, so that's really good. All right. Thanks for having me, Dan. Cheers. Excellent. Thank you so much for leaving me those audio clips, guys. I really appreciate it. Just trying something different with the podcast uh, instead of doing like a live sort of interview type deal. So towards the end of this show, I want to give you a few little tips from me about flying drones and keeping a drone and being a drone user, a pilot. Obviously, I want to just echo what the guy said, like be educated and know your shit when it comes to flying a drone. You do not want to be caught out, especially by a policeman or the law. You don't do not want to be stuck in a hard place between a rock and a head. Wait, that's not wait, what? Basically, you do not want to, you don't want to get in trouble with the law. So know your stuff about um, drone laws, 
do the tests necessary to suit whatever you're flying your drone for, register your drone and, and register yourself. And um, so the other tips, aside from law and all that, little tips is if you have multiple batteries, um, like me, I've got the Fly More Combo, put little stickers on each battery, label them like one, two and three or whatever or a b and c whatever you want to do just so that you know which battery you've used during that day if you're using multiple batteries and so you know that when you put the dead battery in your camera bag and you pull out a new battery you know that that one has got the juice and you're not pulling out the dead one again <laughs> It definitely will save a few seconds, especially when you're on the go and you don't want to be faffing about. Um, another little tip is to always take spare props or propellers in your bag as well. Just you never know. You might have a rough landing or, or something might happen and you might break one or something. So just I would just take a few spare propellers as well. My other tip is to just experiment with the onboard features. But when you do experiment, make sure you're in a big open space, a field or something, and like make sure that you're the only one there. You're not going to collide with anything or anyone, um, especially when trying out these the features like the, the tracking, the follow me, all these different features for video and photo just experiment the more you educate yourself within with what your drone is capable of the better it's the same thing with the law and the more you educate yourself the better you'll feel so much more confident and uh, it will really really help you so that's all i've got right now uh feel free to follow me on instagram and twitter and make sure you follow this podcast, find somewhere, whether it's a plus button or something, give the podcast a follow. It really does help me out and boost my show and put it into the algorithm. And uh, just so that the, the, I get more ears and eyes onto this podcast in general, just so that there's more beginners out there that can listen to this stuff and be educated so that we've got a better community and not these clowns that drive drones into airports and stuff let's let's educate yeah let's educate and uh if if you know someone who's getting into drones or is into drones pass this podcast share it with them and uh hopefully it brings value to you and them as well so thank you so much for listening to this podcast this has been episode 15 my name is dan lock you're listening to the dan lock photography podcast Join me again next week for episode 16. It's going to be an absolute belter. Have a great week. Happy, safe flying. Take care, guys. Bye.